1: Eagles are reigning NFC champions hope you're having a great Thursday night everyone thank you for spending part of it with us DeMarco Farr and JB Long your Rams are two and two and another measuring stick opportunity in the NFC
2: yeah another three Saturdays in a row we get to sleep in our own beds how about that I like it well and some of us in a bed not on an airplane
1: <laughs> <laughs> how's uh, how's your October? going good so far put so up this heat wave you know not last bad. gasp of summer maybe
2: pretty cool i did you guys put up the decorations yet the halloween the halloween
1: decorations, decorations. demarca you've known me and yeah? my wife long enough we are not a halloween family they're not up in fact it drives me bananas to see the halloween creep into end of september
2: i i, I love it how can you hate Halloween. Wait, what, you, what's don't the, like, what's you don't like you don't like chocolate and Halloween? No. What's going on? And here? those
1: things are very closely <laughs> related. But yes. my primary objection is to Halloween. Is don't we have enough death, destruction, evil, gore in our lives uh, without devoting one twelfth of yeah. our
2: calendar to it? You're dead on there. And I don't like the gore. I don't like what Halloween has become. I'm just talking about boo, scare, pumpkins, jack o' lanterns. Uh, every now and then, I'm talking a kid about in the having sheet sheet to drive my kids
1: to school and seeing spiders. Yeah, and evil, or even like letting them watch the Rams game and every commercial is for this season's scariest movie. Okay, we tripped out. I mean,
2: I got you there. I got you, but it's still Halloween. It's still candy. You walk around in, in Batman costumes okay, and so get then candy from let people. Let me revise yeah, yeah.
1: proposal for Halloween for you then, yeah. and maybe we'll talk some Rams even on this show, but no rush. One weekend, last weekend of October, Halloween weekend. Yeah. Okay? Costumes, candy, trick-or-treating, fine. We also honor the dead, who we want to remember. Honor them in some way. Maybe we dress up as family members or past greats. No blood, no bodies hanging upside down from trees on our street.
2: Okay, fair enough. I like that. I like that, but I I think they already had that movie. It was called Coco or something like that. Yeah, something like
1: that. You know better than I. All right. uh,
2: JB hates chocolate and Halloween. Come on.
1: Anyway, you know let's move on. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I wouldn't say I feel as strongly about this, but it creeped up on me even more so than Halloween. Yeah. Parent-teacher conferences. You're a father. Yeah. Are they on your calendar yet? Oh, absolutely. I'm like, wait a second. Did, I love those. Didn't we just start school? How I love is love those. Oh, I drill the teacher. Let's go. How is on. it time for parent-teacher conference yet? But that kind of leads me to the yeah. theme of this week, which is... You used to have true quarter polls yeah. in the National Football League when it was a 16-game schedule, right? Yeah, yeah. So the Rams are 2-2. Two and two. It'd be like a quarter check-in time.
2: Now you're 17, so it's a little screwball. But I, I think you. it's still yeah. a good
1: time to go through that exercise, don't you? Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, four games in, you should know who you are by now. So, definitely.
1: All right. He's DeMarco yeah. Farr. I'm JB Long. I think it's too early for grades, I would say. You don't want to hand out any grades yet because... Oh, really? You know, some kids are like... You know, late to start school, maybe family was on vacation, or you know, maybe you're away from home for the first time, still settling okay. into the academic environment. We call you don't these progress reports. Progress reports, progress as opposed reports. to report cards, not I grades. Wanna, yeah, okay. I want to draw that distinction. Um, and I'll start by just saying the Rams at two and two, I think, is a fair and accurate representation of who they've played, where they've played, and how they've played. Uh,
2: I'm with you 100%. Um, We talked about not liking moral victories. I changed a bit after how they played versus San Fran. But to be 2-2 and after four games, I think you've got half of the talking head world eating their words. Really. I mean, most people thought with the youngest roster, Matthew Stafford, was older. Maybe the shine had come off you know, Sean McVay in some sort of way. The F them picks era is over. They thought this team would be one or th- one, one and three or oh and four at this point or struggling. No, two and two, and you actually had a chance to be three and one, maybe four and oh if a few things go your way. So, yeah, one Matthew Stafford not done. Two Sha- uh, Sean McVay can coach. And number three, Aaron Donald is still that guy. So, I, I think what you thought about the Rams might be a little bit
1: different than what they are right now. I agree with you about the potential and maybe even the woulda shoulda been three and one sentiment. Yeah. I would much rather prefer the Rams be three and one than two and two. I think we'd be having a different conversation. But to be fair minded, when they punted away to Anthony Richardson and the Colts at the end of regulation in Indianapolis last week, having seen a twenty three point lead evaporate, I think the specter of being one and three coming home to Philadelphia was more than just a real possibility. It Um, it felt imminent.
2: When was the last time you felt like that in a football game? Um, Russell Wilson had me on the ropes once a long time ago, where if we give the ball back to him, he's going to score and we're going to lose. Who else? Mahomes gave you the same. Aaron Rodgers gives you the same. But that in
1: Indianapolis...
2: Yeah, I think they made a mistake not running that kid,
1: Anthony Richardson. They should have when they had a chance. Three straight incompletions with plenty of time and two timeouts. But
2: yeah. give the defense credit; they defended three straight passes, what they had to do, got the ball back, and you won the football game. So, yeah, they got their own issues in Indy, but that was still a hell of a job by the
1: defense. He's DeMarco Far. I'm JB Long. The Rams are home for the first of three in the month of October, starting with the Eagles this Sunday at SoFi Stadium. Hope you'll join us in person or here and on the air. I was curious to get a fan temperature on that victory in overtime, a Puka Nakua walk-off winner. It felt exhilarating to us. I think we were kind of riding the emotional high, getting on the bus and flying home, having averted disaster, and and also celebrated that moment with a special player, knowing you're probably getting Cooper Cup back this week. But I do empathize with the sentiment of, no, you blew a 23-point lead, and, and that felt more like relief than victory. Where did you come down on that?
2: Uh, both. Um, we asked that. Didn't we ask that of Sean McVay? Uh, Sean McVay, but I'm thinking yeah, that more was like scary. the. F- I, I yeah. think
1: coaches are more inclined to just take each win and move on. But where my question was. That was one of maybe the 10 best regular season moments that I've experienced in my time with the Rams. It felt that way. Yeah. To get a walk-off win in overtime, Puka's first touchdown. Like There were a lot of uplifting elements to that. But I also get kind of the dark side of the moon on that, which is, no, 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 no. You can't celebrate squandering a 23-point lead. Yeah, I think the
2: best thing about this football team showed up in Indy on, on, in, on Sunday, overtime victory. And I think some of the worst showed up in that overtime. What victory. are what's some of the worst then? Well, I mean, look, you, you you had problems stopping the run or stopping a running quarterback. You had problems getting off the field. You had problems staying on the field. You turned it over again. Was Matt Stafford has what? Excuse me, Matthew Stafford. Three touchdown passes and five picks, right? But we've all said that he's played some of the greatest ball we've ever seen. And yet he's still two down in this touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, so I thought the worst showed up and I thought the best showed up. The best was they went down there to get a victory. Who cares about style points? And when it mattered most, they made enough plays to win that football game. Uh, I felt bad for those people in Indy. They're so nice, aren't they? Everybody in Indianapolis was really nice. And in the stands was a bunch of nice people who went through an emotional roller coaster. We're down, we're up, we tied it, we lose. That's a hell of a ride right home for them, you know what I'm saying? But I thought it was great of the Rams. Like I said, the best part about
1: it was they went down there to get a team victory, and that's exactly what they came back with. Speaking of Matthew Stafford, good to see that he was a full participant in practice. Like Sean McVay said, it's not like they're running RPOs out there in Thousand Oaks to get ready for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, but here's how he described his health picture getting set for Week Five. It's a little bit early in the week, but I was able to get out there and you know practice today. So um, being able to practice, I feel good. Um, you know that I'll be out there on sunday i should be you know adrenaline's a hell of a thing i shall probably be moving around pretty good and then uh, when you're running you know big guys chasing after you sometimes you run fast so uh forget about what's ailing you um but uh no i, I think i'll be uh, i'll be moving around just fine yeah every time you have an ache and pain to marco on those uh, cold fall mornings yeah yeah maybe just Walk out on the street and see how many defensive linemen start chasing you. You know what I thought about? Have you seen Cocaine Bear yet? I haven't, although yeah. I was kind of watching some of it like over your shoulder between the seats on the flight. Think of a
2: whacked out bear chasing you in the woods. Uh, I don't care what's hurting. You're going to find a way to pick them up and set them down. <laughs> Absolute same thing there. Yeah, no you doubt.
1: S- you said something pretty interesting there a moment ago, though, about how the interception to touchdown ratio, and I list it that way because that's kind of the ratio right now for Matthew Stafford is skewing public opinion of him. And I totally agree with that. I would go as far to say that he's been the best quarterback in the NFC through a month, and his only real peer is our old friend Jared Goff. You have to look into some more underlying numbers, which I spend a good portion of this week doing. Yeah, But Matthew Stafford, if the season ended today should be your NFC Pro Bowl starter. I agree with you 100%. Um,
2: Jalen Hurts, I guess, would be a close second or backing him up. But, I mean, about who has played the best football to this point, and you've got to say Matthew Stafford is the the leader in the clubhouse because of what he's had to go through and how the offensive line has evolved. Uh, And that's funny. Somebody get Peyton Manning on the line for that quarterback show. They should get Stafford and Goff. Wouldn't that be awesome to see that that contrast there? So, yeah, I think he's played great ball. But I will say this, man. Um, we're going to leave SoFi saying one or the other. Either we're going to talk about what a stud Matthew Stafford is, how, how much guts he has, the stones and everything else if they win that football game, or we're going to be talking about the backup quarterback because he is going to be under
1: siege. He is going to have to navigate some rough waters. You know, this they're Uh, going to get to him. I totally relate to what you're saying. And we're going to take a deep dive on the Philadelphia Eagles in our next segment. And later on in four down territory as well. I think they've been the best running defense in the national football league. And do they ever have a collection of pass rushers with resumes, the likes of which I think are in select company. And so, To finish the thought on Stafford, one, his big-time throws lead the National Football League. His turnover-worthy play percentage is the fifth lowest among qualifiers. So what that translates to me is he's in attack mode without being reckless. He's making high-degree-of-difficulty plays look effortless. And he's done it all without the Rams' best offensive player, Cooper Cup who's coming back this week, we hope. More on Cooper Cup still to come. But yeah, I'm with you in terms of the Philadelphia versus Stafford perspective. We began this summer, this season, by saying the Rams have a chance to be spicy because he and Sean McVay are as good a duo as there is in the NFC, and maybe their only peer group is Sirianni and Hurts. So I love that it's happening right now at this juncture. In fact, I think there's a measuring stick opportunity in each segment of the season. The Rams failed it in the first segment, Mm -hmm. home to San Francisco. Played well, but failed it. We're not there yet. They got the best player on the planet right So who else is in that upper crust of the NFC? Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Dallas. So you look look at this month of October. You open up with Philly at home. You travel to Dallas, what, one game before your bye? Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a really good barometer. We're going to know coming out of October... Are the Rams solidly middle-class citizens in the NFC? Mm. Or are they ready wow. to jump into the upper echelon again?
2: Uh, like, like they say in the, in the military, what a wonderful opportunity you have right before a 50-mile 50, 50 hike. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Here we go. What a wonderful opportunity. Absolutely.
1: But everybody should be bullish, should be optimistic, because Cooper Cup has a chance to play for the first time this season on Sunday. Coming up, Sean McVay is Ron Burgundy we'll explain after this on rams all access 710 espn
0: he's going to go through practice today um, we're going to see exactly what that looks like but um it says limited he's not going to be limited i mean you know so i just read I was like ron burgundy just reading off the damn uh injury report so he's going through a normal practice um you know we'll see how he's feeling and uh You know, we'll progress him as the week goes.
1: That was the anchorman of the Los Angeles Rams, also known as head coach Sean McVay. He's required by NFL policy to abide by the injury report. But DeMarco, that was another great indication that Cooper Cup is hopefully on track to make his 23 debut against the Philadelphia Eagles.
2: I'm, I'm excited. I haven't been this excited about a player coming back in a long time you know and I can't wait to the reason why is I can't wait to see how he's going to be used and how do you pair that with Puka Nakua who's been balling and Tutu Atwell who's been balling so how do you get Cooper Cup integrated into this offense ASAP Uh, do you go away from him do you go right to him so either way having Cooper Cup back on the field is, is a plus for the Rams
1: I have some thoughts on that but let me give you the chance to answer your own rhetorical then from a defensive perspective, what's stressed is having them both out there present? And if you were Sean McVay, how would you deploy them?
2: Well, the, the funny thing is, and look, uh, Cooper Cup being injured or hurt is never a good thing. But I think the wind, the when he got hurt is important because he got hurt early. That gave Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay, a chance to get familiar with Tutu Atwell. We said this all offseason. Uh, Matthew Stafford has a new toy in Tutu Atwell. He's playing well. Uh, Puka Nakula was kind of kept under wraps. We heard that he was going to be good, and we didn't didn't know he was going to be this good. So look, but as a defense, you only get two safeties or three at the most. So someone's going to be singled up. Now, you've got a question to answer. There's Cooper Cup, former Triple Crown winner, the guy that's won the Super Bowl, caught the most important pass in L.A. Rams history. There he is on the football field. And then on the other side is Puka Nakua, who has been absolutely a terror versus zone defenses or man, whatever. Which safety do you deploy and who you leave singled up? Really. I mean, you're going to have to pick your poison. And Matthew Stafford has been getting the ball out on time. So uh, you use them the best way you can. If they're open, throw them the football. If they're not respecting them in coverage, throw them the football. If you have to jam it into them on third and long, pick your poison because both guys have been been great for you. So we'll just have to wait and see on Sunday as to how you used
1: two good possession receivers with two Atwell. It's been almost 12 full months since they were last on the field together. Week nine of 22, the last time that Stafford and Cup played together. The Rams are a 500 team without Cup since he was drafted. Uh, they're 51 and 29 with him in the lineup since wow. he made his NFL debut in 2017. Uh, I, w- I will circle back to Puka and Cup together in a second, but I think you're very right to make sure that Tutu is sprinkled in throughout your answer because he's been terrific through four games, and now I think he gets to go back to a specialty role. Not to say he hasn't been able to run the whole route tree, not to say he hasn't been great, short, intermediate, deep, over the middle to the sideline, all those things, but now he, to me, has a very specific responsibility in bunches in stacks with those other two where he can excel and really stress out a defense vertically and horizontally, because you might have the two best, or let's just say the best intermediate uh, and shallow duo in the National Football League now.
2: You know, I hope so. And look, uh, Philadelphia has a great rush and great linebackers and they're well coached and they get to the football. But these two guys should wreak havoc in the middle of that defense, which means somebody is going to be singled up on the outside, probably 2-2, probably Van Jefferson. So hopefully when you get those matchups, you take advantage of it. And hopefully you'll have enough time to get the ball down the field if you do take advantage of those matchups.
1: And because of that Philadelphia pass rush, it's ferocious. It's interior. It's edge. It's all of the above. You need to be able to win quickly. And no one wins quicker and more reliably, more consistently than Cooper Cup. Yeah. And so to have that safety valve, that safety blanket back this week, I think is crucial. I mean, essential. And I'm excited to see it in its in its greatest form. Let me tell you what I saw last week.
2: Right when I handed the headset to Sean McVay to do the interview with you and Maurice, right? Yes. So I've got... Coach McVay standing in front of me. Right behind him, sitting down at a locker, is Matthew Stafford. Two rows over is Cooper Cup, staring at his phone. This is post-game. Right behind him is Puka Nakua with this big smile on his face. He just won the game. And Matthew Stafford and Puka Nakua are having this conversation over Cooper Cup's head. Right? I mean, look, Cooper Cup is the ultimate team guy. He always helps and cheers for his guys. But you can tell in that moment, he misses being that guy. He misses being the hero. So, (laughs) Uh, having that guy on the field with something to prove, awesome. Having Puka Nakua trying to out-compete Cooper Cup, even better. If you can keep Matthew Stafford upright,
1: sky's the limit. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm JB Long. And this is a Week 5 edition of Rams All Access here on 710 ESPN. A lot of the concern is about uh, fantasy football draftees right you took to Cooper Cup in the first round maybe you were quick to the waiver wire for Puka Nakua how is that all going to shake out in terms of targets and receptions and yardage and touchdowns not for this place what I think will get lost in the conversation of how does Cooper coming back impact Puka is how much it could help the Rams running game now I know that Philadelphia might be the best run stuffing team in the National Football League maybe the NFC for sure But the way that Puka has played that insertion role that Cooper Cup does so admirably and now bringing Cooper Cup back into the mix it gives you a chance to be the offense that I don't think you've been since Robert Woods was fully healthy at the start of the Super Bowl season
2: Wow and that was pretty dangerous you know Robert being the utility guy I remember it being pretty good yeah being really good and Cooper Cup and it's interchangeable I mean Cooper can take the run blocking and leave Puka Nakua out there and to, to run the route or vice versa so it just leaves you more Balanced, And it gives you more options against a team like Philadelphia that has a great pass rush coming up the middle. Now, I'll say this. Every team they played has had success against them the longer they stay out. So it's not like they're unbeatable. But I like what Minnesota did. They came right, at, right after them. They tried to run it right into the teeth of that defense and said, stop me if you can. Most teams go perimeter, and they feed into the Philadelphia mystique. Oh, they're going away from us. They can't handle our pass rush. And sure enough, the first time you dropped back to seven, here they are. But I like what Minnesota did. Kirk Cousins took a beating, but he hung in there
1: enough to make plays. That might be the game plan to beat the Eagles. Interesting. So you're willing to challenge them and test them between the tackles. Before you concede rushing the football this week,
2: I wouldn't look. Keep knocking on the door with the screen game, with the perimeter screen game, because you might make a guy miss and away you go. And at some point, you're going to have to get away from that pass rush. And we fully expect them to win. Is that fair? Look, the Rams are one-handed in a pass rush. It's Aaron Donald or Buss. They need more there. Philadelphia has at least two guys that can win on every single pass rush. Sometimes all four guys will get home. So uh, the the screen game is going to be there. But I like running the football into the teeth of it. I like making those guys defend the entire field. And at some point, if you do catch them, if you do block them up, and this is every single quarterback that's played them, has been able to get the ball down the field. Now, they didn't complete it, but at least they got the ball out. So I wouldn't go
1: away from what you do best just because of what's in front of you. I I think you've hit a lot of the key points in terms of last year they were the first team in league history to have four different 10-sack players. One of them, Javon Hargrave, is now playing in the Rams division for San Francisco, but they've still got plenty of firepower. Sweat, Carter the rookie, Fletcher Cox, we'll see if he goes, Hassan Reddick. like they have pass rushers at every position on their defense. But you're right, they did just give up 31 to a Washington offense that was held to a field goal against Buffalo the week prior. And they've allowed nine passing touchdowns in 2023, third most behind Denver and Chicago. So you can get vertical shots on them if you can hold up. And so I'm curious to see what the offensive line looks like this week. Mm -hmm. But this is the game that you traded for Kevin Dotson for. No doubt. And San Fran. this 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 is the latest test of, okay, Avila, you're established now. You're no longer a rookie. You are a left guard in this league. Coleman Shelton, you may be the individual standout on this offensive line so far, the highest graded piece. Dotson, you got a taste, you got a chance, you locked it down. You may not give up that right guard position for the rest of the year. Guard to guard. Can you hold up? I'm not saying, can you win? Can you maul? I'm saying, can you play to a tie against this Philadelphia front? Absolutely. Can you
2: can you create a stalemate? I mean, I don't think with the guards you have, and I can't take Kevin Dotson out of my starting lineup. I'm I can't sorry. either. And I, I don't know. I have no idea. You're going to have six guys ready to play if Alar
1: Jackson is back. Hey, whoever's healthy, first, nope, boom, Jackson, you're left tackle this week. The other four? Absolutely, but guard to guard, I am with you. I, look, go block them. Let's make
2: them prove they can stop you today. And they have been great against the run. But you know, Kyron Williams does have five rushing touchdowns. He's got more touchdown runs than Stafford has touchdown passes.
1: So I wouldn't go away from the run game just because of you're playing Philadelphia, dude. We're in lockstep. I love it. In in my column previewing this week's game, I literally wrote that part of the reason Stafford's only passed for three touchdowns is because he's got a. A touchdown vulture in his backfield like Kyron has punched in five short rushing touchdowns and that's not easy to do in this league like to me it's a very healthy sign that Stafford's only had to pass for three touchdowns to get them to where they're trying to go
2: solid and that means you're playing good ball on the other side playing good defense like you said your quarterback three touchdown passes and you're two and two with a chance to be three and one so yeah I mean look at, at times when you watch that Philadelphia Eagle pass rush it's like oh god and Jalen Carter Here's the next guy. And it's funny. And I remember thinking this the first time I saw Aaron face off with J.J. Watt, the most dominant guy to the next most dominant guy. Well, here might be the next guy. I texted you about that, that J or the uh, Aaron Donald club, the epic club move. And then I turn on the Philadelphia tape. This kid does it. And he's a rookie. He just got here. So, yeah, this is going to be. Tough trying to keep them off Matthew Stafford, but I still think you've got bigs up
1: front to at least feel confident going nose-to-nose in the run game. Okay, two quick questions that are a little bit out of left field that you just reminded me of before we finish up this segment. The first is I loved everywhere that Aaron Donald lined up and, and rushed from, like even wide nine opportunities against yeah. the left tackle of Indianapolis, and it made me wonder if he was a full-time edge rusher, Okay. Would he still be a future Hall of Famer? I'd stand him up, and he'd be James Harrison, just better. If you just said, "Hey, you know, you rewind time, you're too small to be a defensive tackle. We're just gonna have you be a stand-up outside edge rusher." Would he still be one of the game's greats? I, I
2: I still think so. I told him after that game, he was sitting in his locker. He hardly talks to people, you know, post game because he's so humble. He just doesn't want to talk. But I said, "Man, I have no words. I've never seen a person do that. Like you are a defensive tackle." But that lines up at right end and wins, you know, so my hat's off. I've never seen anything
1: better than what I'm seeing right now. OK, and then the other question I have is you come from an interior defensive perspective on the world. The bush push. I'm sorry, the tush push. Yeah. Uh, the, the brotherly shove. <laughs> if you get into third and short or fourth and short, how do you coach it? How do you prevent that play? from running you out of your own stadium this weekend? The
2: easy answer is don't get in those situations. But when you do... uh, Look, up front, I mean, we were taught to Submarine. That's just... And they said, go low, uh, get under, and grab ankles. Grab the quarterback's ankles and try to stop his momentum. But that play is almost unstoppable. Really, I think the only... The only people that can stop that play is the NFL and make it illegal. Right. The way they do it, how it's coached, and Jalen Hurts and the way he runs it, it's almost unstoppable. If it becomes like a health and safety priority. I thought Richard Sherman made a hell of a point, and I never thought of that. Um, They're allowing those guys to push for the yard. But remember, they outlawed that for field goal rush. That used to be the thing. We used to shove people through Mm -hmm. and get up and get a hand up and block it. They said that was – illegal because of player safety but you allow them to do that it
1: yeah it is a bit contradictory that you can't leap over a center to go make a defensive play but a quarterback can leap over his own center to get a first down hey look
2: this is offense defense if i grab i'm a defensive player if i grab running back's face mask instant flag if he grabs mine uh stiff arm right stiff arm right highlight
1: package (laughs) i will say what what freaks me out the most seeing it and preparing to watch the team that we follow go up against it is they can always pull it flip it and out leverage you off of it oh yeah like they suck you in they make you commit to it then they make you practice for it all week and then in the back of their mind they always still have the ace in the hole which is
2: yeah, I Swift, thought they Swift tried. The perimeter. They tried and he fell. And look, this Swift is the only Swift I care about in the national football. I just want to make that clear. Yeah, it's I'm I'm kind of done with the other thing. They right have now. a Kelsey Swift Tandem. Uh, is is this Swift taking rushing
1: attempts that's the only one i care about that's the only one that matters yeah (laughs) coming up is four down territory and then to finish out our program i think it's time to start looking at the playoff picture some would say whoa jb too soon others would say were you not looking at the playoff picture flying home from seattle after week one i think it's time I think there's some clarity, and the Rams position within it, to me, is super intriguing. So that's still to come on this edition, Week 5, Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Rams All Access here on 710 ESPN. It's week five and a home game against the Philadelphia Eagles at SoFi Stadium. That means it's time for four down territory, our weekly trip inside opponents territory. And our guest is Zach Berman, who covers the Philadelphia Eagles for P-H-L-Y, longtime Eagles beat writer. Uh, And Zach, thank you for some of your time. I want to begin on this note. At 4-0, I've read some of the, the quotes and the press clippings coming out of Philadelphia that the Eagles and their fan base really haven't been satisfied with the undefeated start to this year. So my question for you, is Philadelphia right for an upset this week, potentially in Los Angeles, or are they finding their stride at 4-0 with that overtime victory against Washington?
0: It's a good question. I, I think they, they can be beaten, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're not this juggernaut that they appeared to be at, at one point last year, but... They are a, a resilient team that finds ways to win games. And I do think they're finding their stride, especially in the passing game. You saw that last week. And if, if their passing game gets going and they have the talent to do that with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, then all of a sudden they look like the last season again. So I think that uh, it, it, it's tough to beat them unless you can put up a lot of points um, because I, I, I do think they can score with.
1: Zach Berman is our guest. He covers the Philadelphia Eagles, and this is four-down territory. You mentioned Hertz there, and I'd love to get a bit more of his profile here in 2023. Was MVP-worthy a season ago? Almost unbeatable at quarterback. For some reason, it seems like he's kind of just good but maybe not great through a month of this season. Color between the lines there for us, will you, Zach? Something that I've I've been
0: trying to figure out, too. I, I think part of it's been the way defenses are playing him early this season. Uh, in particular, those first two, three games, you saw, uh, you know, real exotic defensive looks that uh, he just wasn't as effective as a passer as he had been. But overall, he's, he, he's not running. He's not scrambling with the same efficiency as he did a year ago. You can speculate that maybe, you know, there's such a, a pronounced effort to keep him healthy or deliberate effort to keep him healthy. But I also think that type of thing over the course of, of uh, you know, 17 games that it's going to regress to the mean or, or, or get back to kind of what you saw. And I think you'll see a better Jalen Hurts as the season
1: progresses. Zach Berman is our guest here on 4 Down Territory. I did see the update about Fletcher Cox and his back issues. Any injury update of significance with respect to the Eagles as they prepare to fly to Los Angeles?
0: Well, certainly, Fletcher Cox is an important one to monitor, uh, and, you know, he missed practice yesterday with a back injury, and if he if, if, if he doesn't play, then the Eagles are deep at defense tackles, but Fletcher's been playing really well. The, the big injury for them right now is that right guard, Cam Juergens, he's not going to play, and so the Eagles will have Sua opetta who's like a, a veteran backup for them. You know, it's his fifth year in the league, but he doesn't really have considerable starting experience when you look, obviously, Across the line of scrimmage, you see Aaron Donald there. Uh, that can be a big test for these.
1: Speaking of Aaron Donald, I hear you have the next coming in Philadelphia. Tell us about the rookie Jalen Carter and how fearful the Rams should be of his prowess.
0: Yeah, he's been an outstanding player uh, through the first, you know, four games, and, and really it shouldn't be a surprise in that he was considered, if if not the best player in the in the draft, one of you know the two or three best players in the draft, and he always slipped to number nine for reasons that didn't have to do with the way he played. And he's been good behind the scenes for the Eagles. He's obviously been good on the field. And he's just uh, such a, a, a strong, dynamic player in the interior. And the early return, he, he looks like he could be one of the top interior players in the NFL.
1: Zach Berman, who has covered the Philadelphia Eagles for a long time there in the NFC East, our guest on four-down territory. Zach, we appreciate some of the perspective uh, for the opposing team in this matchup, and we're looking forward to the showdown between the last two NFC champions this Sunday at SoFi. Take care. Have a good rest of your week.
0: Appreciate it. Looking forward to getting to SoFi for the
1: first time. All right, there you go. Zach and DeMarco Farr is back to wrap up Rams All Access on 710 ESPN after this. Back with DeMarco Farr, this is Rams All Access, and at the start of the week, he sat down with Sean McVay, and he kind of said, if this isn't the type of game that you're made for, then the National Football League just isn't for you, right? Yeah. The game of the week, maybe the game of the year, is going to be Sunday night football, Dallas visiting San Francisco but this is a pretty good undercard. Rams and Eagles from SoFi Stadium, a matchup of the last two NFC champions.
2: What are you in this for if you're playing? I mean, if you're coaching, if you're broadcasting, aren't you in it for the biggest matchups you can find? Absolutely. I remember those, the the movie, the movie 300 and the Spartans and the guy's laughing. He's looking in in the face of certain death and he's giggling. Why? He was looking for a great death. That's what he wants. So this is what it's all about. It's all on the marbles. Um, A lot of people are picking the Eagles. Good. That should fire you up, right? And they're good, and they deserve it. They're one of the best teams in the NFC. Uh, you could flip the NFL on its head with a victory this Sunday. That's the opportunities you're looking for.
1: We got a key to this game from you before we're finished here, but I have two other uh Orders of business, if you will. And you can tell me which one you want to do first. Our playoff eliminator contest, of course, ready to go with our next round. But I also want to examine the NFC playoff picture with seven spots available for 16 teams. I I think there's some clarity now. So pick a lane for us. You want to do eliminator first? Or a playoff picture. No, I want to hear your playoff picture.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. I am in I'm into that. The, so the, the the loser bracket, that's always fun. That's that's a throwaway, but let's okay, yeah, get into this. All right. So yeah.
1: four games in two and two for the Los Angeles Rams, too early for anything of consequence, but I like the way that it sets up in terms of vision and clarity. And here's what I mean. Sometimes I look at the playoffs as a process of elimination. Can you Nix nine teams? If so, you're in. Hmm. Right? Okay, right. I think there are at least two teams that are out-out. Chicago, 0-4, and going to Washington tonight on Thursday Night Football, and Carolina at 0-4. Okay,
2: that's I, entirely fair. Chicago, I'm shocked, but I'm not shocked
1: because of how they played this year. But wow, okay. yeah. And then there are a trio of one in three teams where I'm pretty sure they're out. Minnesota, the New York Giants, and the arizona cardinals even though they've got a quality win against dallas until further notice to me those are the five teams that i think you can kind of at least in pencil strike from the record okay although it is which helps
2: me in our loser bracket game.
1: yeah definitely It, it does hit a little close to home though how close the rams were to flying home from indianapolis at one and three but we'll leave that where it is so sometimes i look at it from the bottom up like process of elimination other times i look at it more top down like okay Who is your NFC wildcard competition? I see a few playoff locks at the top. Eagles, Cowboys, San Francisco in the West, and the Detroit Lions in the North. Okay. I think we would both be stunned to see any one of those teams falter from playoff contention.
2: Now, I got the same four. I would have put San Francisco second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just the, theoretical, anything, but yeah, but like, San Francisco is top of mind. Yeah, Who's yeah.
1: got a reservation for January? To me, I think Philadelphia, Dallas, San Francisco, and Detroit. Fair enough, yep. And then there's going to be a South champion. So right now it's Tampa. That's kind of like a placeholder in that fifth spot. Yeah, yeah. So that means you need to be better than four of the five remaining teams if you're the Los Angeles Rams. And by the way, I'm not conceding the NFC West, the division. I'm just looking at it in terms of who is your wild card competition, and I think it's pretty clear. New Orleans and Atlanta in the south, you get to host the Saints in December. Washington from the east, you host the Commanders in December at SoFi. Green Bay from the north, huge game at Lambeau. Huge Mm. game going into your bye against a beatable Packers team. And then Seattle in the West, and the great news there is you already have a head-to-head win in hand and a rematch at home with the Seahawks coming out of your bye. If you can be better than four of those five teams, you're going to get to play beyond 17 games. Wow. Uh,
2: and that that means you have to beat Philadelphia as well
1: in that in that No, no, you don't have
2: to no? beat Philadelphia. Just down I'm the just stretch? Okay. I'm
0: just
1: if you're ready to start scoreboard watching yeah. and I am, then I think the teams you watch are the Saints. The Falcons, the Commanders, the Packers, and the Seahawks. Wow.
2: The Packers make the playoffs with Jordan Love. I, I just can't see it. Can I mean, it could happen. I mean, the guy could catch fire, and, you know, he's obviously got something about him I just can't see, but that's that's so interesting. And that's funny. You mentioned Tampa Bay and the South, because that plays into our
1: loser bracket yes. game. And by the way, those yeah, teams yeah. are interchangeable. Like, if Tampa falters, I'm yeah. saying that Carolina's out of that division, Yeah. so someone's going to win that division and be a playoff team and you got to be better than the other two. True. Y- you got okay. to be in charge of making sure that the NSC South is a one playoff team division. And what's great is when you look at who the contenders are kind of on the wildcard bubble, like we delineated there, the Rams play them head to head. The Rams, in that sense, will get a chance to control their own postseason fate. That's all you want.
2: This season. That's all you want. Yeah, You don't have to worry about anybody else, just how you play, which is awesome. Yeah.
1: All right. I always like to uh, point out the route for the AFC games before we get to the playoff yeah. eliminator contest uh, this week. I think it's Houston. Uh, and oh, DeMarco, Houston is is one of your playoff eliminator teams. Uh-huh. And they're looking frisky. The two and two Texans at the two and two Falcons go Texans for lots of reasons one because it would put DeMarco in hot water in our contest (laughs) and two because it would send the Falcons to two and three like we just talked about that could help the Rams postseason chances
2: okay uh, Houston is playing good ball uh never doubted D'Amico Ryans I'm just doubting the roster uh and Atlanta's quarterback is is it Desmond Ritter Mm -hmm. okay he's got receivers wanting to punch him in the face something's going on there but still
1: I still think Atlanta is going to be better than Houston on game day the two and two Saints are in New England. Now would be a good time for Belichick's mm. Patriots to show a pulse. The two and two Packers are in Las Vegas. Maybe the Raiders can notch another win for the AFC there. Weird team. The yeah. Vikings are one and three, and now they have to contend with the Chiefs at home this week.
2: Man, Minnesota is hard to figure. Bring it, Swifties. Yeah. Invade Minneapolis, Swifties. Which one? No, there's only one Swift that matters, and we won't
1: talk about the other one. Okay, but the Kelsey that matters in that contest could help spill the Vikings to one and four, and then that kind of pencil line that you have through the Vikings might, might get closer to being Sharpie. I see you. Yeah. And then the last one, the Dolphins, three and one, home to the Giants. I don't think either one of us considers the Giants a viable contender at this point, but you can pretty much put a nail in their coffin if Miami defeats the New York Jets. You can root for an AFC team kind of, right? Since we're in the NFC. Uh, dude,
2: I'm rooting for all these AFC okay. teams. Houston, Miami's New fun. England,
1: Vegas. Yeah.
2: Kansas City, Miami. Miami's Go fun five and watch. this week. They are the fastest team I've I'd ever seen in my life. Every single guy can run. It must be something about that uniform.
1: DeMarco Fart, JB Long with you. Time for Playoff Eliminator Week 5 edition. As a refresher, in case you're new to the show or need a reminder of the rules, each week and throughout the season, we draft teams that we think are going to miss the playoffs. Whoever collects the most teams that get bounced is your winner. There's a big caveat, though. If you take a team and that team is in your portfolio and that team makes the postseason Boom goes the dynamite. That's it. You lose the game. (laughs) Uh, We've each drafted three teams through four weeks. So, as we get set, it will be your pick. I have Arizona at one and three and hosting the Desperate Bengals. The Denver Broncos at one and three, but should have been 0 and four. Thanks a lot, Chicago. And then Carolina, 0 and four, and giving their first round pick to Chicago, by the way. Right. Carolina is now at Detroit. I feel pretty good. I feel like I'm winning, and here's why you've got the Houston Texans. Two and two. Chance to get to three and two? Not gonna happen. In Atlanta in a winnable division. Uh, Chicago, you're all set there. Uh-huh. No worries. New England. You were you were first to it. I think you might be right. You gotta take a risk sometimes. You were yeah. flirting with disaster, betting against Belichick, but one and three and hosting the Saints, maybe you're right on New England. Okay, it is your serve. Three teams apiece. You can draft loser if you, you ready lie.
2: to have some fun with this one because i'm thinking about the new york giants right me too i think that might be the most obvious choice on the board i think they're going they're bad and they're going backwards and they're in a phenomenal division absolutely you think the coach lasts the year that's just as an aside uh, if they keep getting worse no way he
1: might throw his quarterback overboard before First, he goes
2: wow so i want to pick the giants but you know who i might pick right now i might pick the leader in the south I might pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm just not buying it. Why would I you do that? Not, I'm just not buying it at all. I'm Are really you, not.
1: Is this a ratings play? No, Are no. You trying I'm, to...
2: I'm dead serious. I, I just finished, like all last night, I watched Baker Mayfield. I watched him play Philadelphia. He's all over the place with the ball. He really is. I love Baker Mayfield. We all do. He is that tough guy. He's a cowboy, but I just can't see them making the postseason with him. I'm ready to type it in. Do you, want, do you want the Bucks? I'm, I'm thinking. Let me think. Giants, sure thing, or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We talked about risk, right? Let's have some fun. I'm going with Tampa. Wow. Tampa, not going to make the postseason.
1: Let's this get it on. This is unprecedented. <laughs> DeMarco taking a division leader in the first week of October. Wow. Okay, you leave me no choice. Uh, the one and three Giants in shambles, the only team to play three primetime games so far. They're 0 and three, and they've been scored by 79 points Just in those three Murders. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I mean,
2: <laughs> you got to have some risk. And Come they've on. got the Dolphins
1: next. <laughs> okay, I'm putting the Giants in, and I might even go for two. I might even go for two. I'll oh, wait. You're going to wait? I'll okay, wait. all right. I'll wait until next week. <laughs> I mean, you might have just handed me the game. I the I, I love the right guy, there. but no, no, I just can't see it. Okay. Not going to happen. <laughs> I got Arizona, Denver, Carolina, and the Giants. You've got Houston, Chicago, New England, and you're betting against Baker Mayfield. Let's go. You know what I should have said at the start of the show, by the way? You know who else is in Stafford's tier right now in who? terms of quarterback performance? Baker. Well, sort of. I don't think it has staying power, and neither yeah, do yeah. you. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But he's, he's been great. He's well, been great.
2: you know, about Philadelphia, real quick. I mean, the, the Rams have never faced a pass rush like this. Most teams haven't. But you could say the same about Philly to a certain degree. They haven't faced a quarterback like this guy, really. So, I mean, a guy that can get it anywhere from anywhere, and he's got his best, arguably his best receiver coming back. So uh, this is no gemmy for the Eagles. This, this will be a knockdown drag out in
1: SoFi. They've yet to play under Nick Sirianni's leadership. They've yet to face each other uh, with Hurts at quarterback. So a lot of interesting dynamics coming your way at SoFi Stadium this Sunday. The Philadelphia Eagles, one of the NFL's final two undefeateds at 4-0, and the Los Angeles Rams at 2-2. and Are they ready to step up into the top tier of the NFC? For me, you know it comes down to quarterback play. I've made the case on this show and throughout the week that Matthew Stafford is the best quarterback in the NFC through a month of the season. You throw out his touchdown-to-interception ratio. You may not be playing him in your fantasy football league, but you know what? Your fantasy football league lies, and if anyone in your fantasy football (laughs) league tells you that he's not – the best quarterback in the NFC to this stage of the season tell them to do more homework I think he is and I think he walks out of SoFi on Sunday um, having made that case affirmatively in front of the national audience
2: look you you set yourself up you, you have a great opportunity Philadelphia is great they're
1: good they're big but they're not unbeatable everyone can be beaten the last two NFC champions of course much of Philadelphia's roster is back only seven of the Rams 22 starters from Super Bowl 56 remain with the team But the Super Bowl MVP from that game is back and hopefully set for his 2023 debut. For DeMarco Farr, for Adam Bronstein, our producer, I'm JB Long. Thank you for being with us for this week five edition of Rams All Access here on 710 ESPN.